0: okay people tomorrow morning 10 a.m santa's coming to town Santa! oh my god
1: would you please tell him that instead of presents this year i just want my family back
0: rudolph with your nose so bright won't you guide my sleigh tonight
2: it must be magic
0: must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas.
1: Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie
0: Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing.
1: best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. happy halloween and welcome back to another episode of tis the podcast the podcast that's determined to keep the christmas spirit alive 365 days per year and the halloween spirit alive one month per year including on halloween itself which is today i am anthony i'm julia and i'm ron ron thank you for agreeing to take tom's place on our show i've been pushing him out for five
0: years he finally got the hint
3: (laughs) we always knew president hot dog would be the one that could step into that role seamlessly
0: (laughs) is is that because i'm surly and and negative because you know
1: and trolls anthony all the time yeah pretty much okay
2: yeah
1: that's really it that's really it now listeners uh just like last week I had things come up Tom had things this week and uh you know we didn't want to skip two weeks during spooky month and uh we figured it's better to uh record with two of us and have all three of us uh for the upcoming christmas busy season so we are here tonight with an excellent stand in how have you been ron it has been a while
0: oh i've been great um keeping very busy obviously um With the coming of Spooky Season comes the finale of The Walking Dead, which I'm actively working on. Uh, Some American Horror Story stuff is happening in my day job. Things are also very busy, so and uh, I also have a three-year-old, so, you know, I (laughs) don't get to stop. (laughs) And tell us what your
3: night job is again, for those that maybe are hearing you for the first time.
0: My night job is I am a writer for Den of Geek. I do mostly television reviews and feature articles over there. I've also done some stuff for um, the Game of Thrones spinoff, House of the Dragon. I did a feature on that. And I've done some other fun stuff uh, related to that kind of thing.
1: Now, Ron, I, I have a question for you about your whole history with Den of Geek and writing in general, because I believe it was you who tweeted this out on a film strip, but I wanted to talk about this on the show tonight. So those who don't know which is nobody if you've been listening to the show I'm a huge DC fan and it was just announced James Gunn has been essentially named the Kevin Feige of DC he will be running and overseeing all of DC films which is great news because he can get DC on track have a plan and everything and you know he did Guardians of the Galaxy, Peacemaker, The Suicide Squad so he has a lot of hits under his belt in the comic book realm so I'm very excited for this news. But I saw on Film Strip on Twitter, and again, I think it was you and Aunt Jay, That's me. that you took some screenwriting lessons from James Gunn?
0: I did. I went to a screenwriting conference in Nashville. Uh, oh, man. It was before James Gunn was a, a household name. Um, did you he do Scooby Doo at this point? He had. Okay. <laughs> he, had done, he had done Dawn of the Dead, he'd done Scooby Doo. I believe he was about to do or just had just done slither i think this is before slither came out so probably 2009 ish okay but yeah it was him uh the guy who wrote um nightmare on elm street uh the dream child oh uh the guy who wrote for the wwe and who wrote uh the Kane movie see no evil uh and a few other people and uh mary heron famous for um American Psycho and the uh, Notorious Betty Page. Uh, this is about the time the Notorious Betty Page was coming out, so it was pretty. It was a lot of fun to talk to her. She's very tiny. She's like four <laughs> eleven. That's awesome. But James Gunn, what was he like? I must ask. Oh, he was great. Um, he was very patient with uh, lots of terrible nerds. Um,
3: <laughs> terrible nerds.
0: Yeah, well, there you know, there's always anytime you go to any one of these things, there's always the guy who's like, "I'm gonna monopolize James Gunn's time." Hey, I want to <laughs> talk to you about. Uh, can we? Can I talk to you about Lloyd Kaufman? <laughs> and, you know, who just wants to like, just wants to like hurt with the dude rather than like learn from him. And I was there to try to learn from him um i just want to say i just want to
1: say not only did you seamlessly step in to replace
0: tom tonight but you did an excellent tom impression (laughs) i love it so much (laughs) you You know that's 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 what i'm here for it's a little more animated than tom would be but you know i can dull it down a little bit for the (laughs) for the room and i'll also disconnect my internet periodically to make it especially tom like there you go nailed it (laughs) um no that's awesome though um so do
1: you think he I mean, he see, he's obviously done great work in the comic book genre and outside of the comic book genre, and he seems like a comic book fan. So do you think he's
0: a good choice to head up a comic book studio? Yes, he is 100% a great choice to head up DC. He is a comic super fan. One of the things we actually talked about was comics, and uh, we talked a lot about music. He had been, before he was a writer, he had been in a touring band who did like uh, power pop type stuff you know like midwest um, <laughs> uh, rock and roll adjacent you know music that that's actually pretty good if you ever want to take up his band i can't remember the name of it off the top of my head but it was good stuff but he actually sold a bunch of his comic book collection in order to pay for like recordings or to buy a van for touring or something so he has a long history with comic books and i think that does, he's about as good of a choice as you're going to get for dc i think i think he he fits the t- i think he understands the tone uh in a way that a lot of people don't and i think that he has enough uh critical and cultural cachet that uh the things that he where he differs from uh, the dc group think is going to be accepted by the wider audience so i think that he's going to help them make a few extra hits that weren't necessarily going to be hits before awesome that's that a exciting. good point
3: i was curious because the dc universe seems to swing rather wide right mm-hmm. um like if you look at the batman versus guns whatever all all of gun stuff right like just because he's running it doesn't mean his style will be everything which i'm not opposed to but it, some people might does that make sense
1: yeah no totally that, my that sense. makes sense yeah and I think it's cool to have a filmmaker in charge. Like Kevin Feige is brilliant, obviously, what he did with the MCU, but he is, it's cool that James Gunn is actual an actual director and writer too. So like, I think he'd be more willing to give directors more leeway while still guiding them into the overall, hey, I mm. want to create this big overarching story. Because Marvel, you see a lot of people complain like, They could be a little cookie cutter in tone, and it's more like the directors just like the stand in to do what Marvel wants rather than having control over the film. Whereas I feel like with the director in charge, they may still let the films be director driven, you know, if that makes sense. But we'll see.
0: Well, historically, Warner Brothers was a very director driven studio. Uh, So it's nice to kind of see them possibly go back to that. Um, I mean, they're no like United Artists or anything, but you know, that's, they've got a, they've got a pretty strong history of letting directors do director stuff. Um, and I, I don't think that's going to change under him. I think you'll get a more unified overall vision, but I don't think you're necessarily going to get the, I don't think you're necessarily going to get the Marvel movie imprint. Right. I feel like you're going to get kind of the best of both worlds where you get the consistency of the Marvel product, but not the, um, not the sameness of the Marvel product.
1: Yeah. That's a good way to put it. I agree. And I hope, I hope, but speaking of James Gunn, we are covering a James Gunn product in a few weeks. Did y'all see the trailer for the guardians of the galaxy holiday special? Yes.
3: I'm excited about it. It, it looks, looks really so, good to me. <laughs> it looks so
1: fun. It looks so fun. I cannot wait. We have a lot I of mean, Chris.
3: Marty's favorite is Drax. And so he saw it and he's like, if it has a good amount of Drax in it, I am there. You I could can tell, do your, he's like, I can do your nerd stuff if Drax is in it. And I'm like, sweet. You We're could tell, this together.
1: based on the trailer and the poster they released, it's really going to star Drax and Mantis because they probably couldn't afford Chris Pratt for the 45 <laughs> <Probably> minutes.
2: <not.
1: laughs> um, but it looks probably fun. Not. It looks a lot of, like, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And this Christmas in general, I mean, we have that coming, the Santa Clauses violent night mm-hmm. which i am super excited for we didn't even talk about that on this show but david harbour as a john McClane type santa claus i'm all in on that yes. um yes i know julia's not excited for her, but a lot of people are excited for her christmas Story, christmas um and there's another one coming out there's that grinch horror movie coming out where the grinch is played by the guy who does art the clown from terrifier oh, i don't know that one <laughs> oh, I mean there's Will ferrell the... and um Oh yeah spirited uh, yep spirited with Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds. So lots of I I texted Julia and Tom the other day in a little group chat saying, you know, for five years in, the next two months are pretty stacked considering all the classics like three years ago.
3: Yep. New, hopefully yeah. good new stuff.
0: Even if it's not good, it'll it'll be entertaining it's because tough. that's <laughs> that's how it usually works if it's a good if it's a good thing it'll be a good episode if it's a bad thing it'll be a great episode
3: <laughs> i see i see how it sits with you ron i like it
1: ron i'm still we still have to record our bonus thanksgiving episode and i am 100 trying to convince julia and tom to do thanks killing with the killer turkey
0: i'll do oh, it yeah. <laughs> well jay uh my podcast partner on film strip wants to do thanks killing 3. He's ready to skip just normal thanks killing and go straight to straight to the craziest one with the uh the subtitle I can't say on your show. <laughs> oh. I just oh, love that.
1: I just love that Thanks Killing the series knows exactly what it is and literally went from 1 to 3 and just skipped 2 in general.
3: There's no 2.
1: <laughs> There's no
0: 2. It's Thanks Killing oh. and Thanks Killing 3.
3: That is fantastic.
0: Yeah, and uh, who's editing this episode?
3: Not me. This one tonight?
0: Yeah. May. All right. So thanks killing three. Uh, the subtitle is uh, Gobble Gobble Mother.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and again oh ron gosh, thank you for season. seamlessly stepping into tom's shoes because he does the same thing <laughs> oh julia you're editing let's pause for a minute anthony's editing yeah, okay I, i'm yeah. just gonna say it
2: <laughs> it's true
0: oh well, you know i i always get a kick out of these sleigh bells so i figured i'll get get one in there <laughs>
1: <laughs> well tonight we are not here to talk christmas or thanksgiving but We are here to talk some killing.
0: Wait, Anthony, what happens tonight? Does evil possibly die?
1: (laughs) Evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. But next year, evil will die 50 times within like 30 minutes. (laughs) Um, But tonight, we are covering Halloween 2018. What better film to cover on Halloween itself?
0: And I don't know if you wanted to do Evil Dust tonight. You could have also gone with, oh, tonight he comes home. He who? Michael Myers. Not that one. The guy with the Shatner mask.
1: (laughs) Well, this is a perfect film to follow up on last year when we covered Halloween, the original 1978 version. I know there are a bunch of different timelines. We could have gone straight into Halloween too. But this is my favorite timeline, or it was, but we're not ready to talk about that in the past tense yet. Um, for those who know, who have seen Halloween Ends, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but Halloween, uh, bewildering is the best uh, word oh, for no. that, baffling.
3: I've been meaning to ask you.
0: Hmm. Coherence does tonight. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, For those who don't know, though, Halloween 2018 quick plot synopsis. It's been 40 years since Laurie Strode survived a vicious attack from crazed killer Michael Myers on Halloween night. Locked up in an institution, Myers manages to escape when his bus transfer goes horribly wrong. Laurie now faces a terrifying showdown when the masked madman returns to Haddonfield, Illinois, but this time she's ready for him.
0: So, you know, it's it's funny, Anthony, that this takes place in fictional Illinois because all of the place names are from Bowling Green and the Bowling Green, Kentucky area. So literally last week we were driving back from uh, Florence, Alabama. I made a comment to my wife, Holly. I was like, "Oh, Smiths Grove. Maybe we should go visit the sanitarium there." <laughs> and then, I, and then tonight, for the first time, I noticed that the uh, county that Haddonfield is in is Warren County, which is the actual county that Bowling Green is in. So that's oh, fun.
1: There you that go. Fun. And we, we
0: learned. learned last
1: week, Mike Westfall, uh, right. I grew up in Haddonfield, New Jersey.
2: That's right. Nice.
1: So Halloween. That's- yeah go on Ron.
0: uh i got nothing good to say
1: (laughs) (laughs) halloween 2018 before we dive into cast and everything like that ron what's your history with the original film and then this film
0: oh um i mean the original film obviously is a classic uh one of the best horror movies ever written um big fan i've watched uh, one one summer in college uh we stopped getting our free cable that we'd been getting for the 10 years we'd lived in the house we were in so um with uh, nothing to do after my three-day-a-week job at the liquor store i decided to borrow some vhs tapes from a friend so i got all the friday the 13th uh at the time all of the nightmare on elm streets and all of the halloweens and so i sat literally and just watched all of the halloween movies in like july um that's a roller coaster of course i'd seen all of them before i've you know i don't remember a time in my life where halloween wasn't a thing that i would see uh, <laughs> but uh yeah i i'm a fan of all the movies i am uh fairly forgiving of all the movies uh especially uh halloween six which is not good but is crazy um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah to me um Halloween is like a requirement. Uh, every Halloween, you got to watch it. That and the guest,
1: you say you're forgiving oh, of, of every Halloween movie. I must ask, do you prefer Halloween Resurrection or Halloween Ends?
0: Uh, I've not seen the latest Halloween, so I can't ah, you've just that. heard all about it. Uh, I've heard all about <laughs> it because there's no possible way for me to avoid any spoilers unless i took the butcher knife from the kitchen and stabbed myself through the brain uh, <laughs> i don't know 100 percent of all the spoilers but i know enough to know that that there's going to be something in there that people hate and i'm interested to see what it is and to see if i hate it
1: i'd be curious i'd be very but i curious. like
0: but i do enjoy uh, resurrection just because of uh Busta rhymes karate fighting michael myers <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it reminds me pleasantly of the uh scene from one of my favorite uh friday the 13th jason takes manhattan where jason punches the head off of the boxer guy uh, oh in downtown toronto
1: oh my god there are some low points <laughs> in our horror franchises
0: <laughs> i'm just saying i don't Michael even Myers... know what's
3: real and what's not that's the thing it's the, like y'all could throw no, are, like random this is stuff all in here that never existed in a movie and i wouldn't know i wouldn't know
0: I'm just sad Michael Myers hasn't been to space yet. Oh and I'm disa- and I'm disappointed in Kenny Powers that he didn't make that happen for me. <laughs>
1: um so what so did you see 2018 in theaters when it came out around?
0: I saw 2018 in theaters. It was one of the last movies I believe we saw um, as non parents. So wow. wow, she was born in March of 19. And... Well, so your
1: so your last date night before becoming a parent was with michael
0: yeah re- reasonably close anyway uh, we may have gone to some other stuff after that but this is like the one, one of the few things we were super excited about and then we took a baby to see uh once upon a time in hollywood so that was fun <laughs> i mean if they're young
3: enough who even cares do you like that movie by the way
0: i do very much
3: I i loved that movie who hated <laughs> that movie was it you, Anthony, or was it
1: Tom? I liked it upon rewatch? I did not okay. like it at first, but Tarantino is not my bag.
3: Oh, in I general. Like Tarantino, and I loved that upon initial re <laughs> upon initial watch. Because Leonardo DiCaprio with the flamethrower flamethrower is like legitimately always okay in my book. Like, let's I mean, put that, that in mo- as many movies as possible. Oh, like, that, that movie is, did give totally us
1: great. the most used Leo meme ever, where it's just like on the
0: couch pointing at the TV. Pointing. Yeah. And that uh, the flamethrower from oh what was the name of the fake movie the forty nine fists of McCluskey. That's say.
2: (laughs) Sounds Uh, right. uh,
1: Uh, I forget the actress's name, name? but she was clearly typecast as psycho woman who gets set on fire because it happened in Once Upon a Time time in Hollywood (laughs) and then in Scream 5 like next year.
3: Are you serious?
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) What a
3: specific (laughs) typecast. It's not even like Boy Wizard. It's like so specific. (laughs) Well, They
0: had had the flame retardant suit that that fit her so they're like, we may as well get some use out of this thing. (laughs) That's
3: (laughs) right. It's just efficiency. It's all it is. Efficiency in Hollywood (laughs) because that's something you hear about on a regular basis.
1: Julia, what's your history with this film?
3: Um, Okay, so this actually has the same history as my Halloween one had. So my Halloween history was, yeah, I'd heard about it forever. Never actually sat down and watched the thing until prompted for podcast purposes. Mm -hmm. Same one with this one. Um, Watched it today for the first time. uh, Was curious how it's always referred to. I say always my sphere of influence is pretty small with horror flicks let's be real but it's referred to as Halloween 2018 and so when I was looking through voodoo since most of these are just called Halloween with some (laughs) qualifier behind it I was like I'm not sure which one this is actually called and it's just a Halloween that came out in 2018 so um watched it um what I liked so much about the original is also what I like about this one. And it's namely Jamie Lee Curtis. I really like Jamie Lee Curtis. I have Mm -hmm. feelings about Jamie Lee Curtis at this age. I will talk about later that Anthony already knows, but I'm going to say again, because it's worth repeating. Um, I liked it. It was entertaining. It's not as good as the first one, but a lot of the stuff I loved about the first one, this one has too. So I would watch this one again.
0: Although to be fair that, it's hard to match up to the first one for any movie just because for it's shot any by, movie. that's because correct. it's shot by one of the best cinematographers to ever pick up a light meter and that's dean cundy mm-hmm. right
3: correct can't beat the original this one was a totally satisfying sequel do i call it that do i call it a sequel because i have questions
1: it's a sequel
3: it's the timeline question that if you're not <laughs> familiar with the halloween universe i suppose comes up
0: it will come okay. up Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, do you want to get into it now? Because we can just go ahead and... Yeah, let's get into it now. Pull off that band-aid. right, so first thing you have to know is Halloween 3 is not related to any of them, so you can just kind of ignore that one. Okay, is Jamie Lee
3: Curtis in
1: that one?
0: She is not. Neither is Michael Myers. It's Halloween, Season of the
1: Witch, and it was John Carpenter wanting to turn this franchise into an anthology series that takes place on Halloween every night with different Uh. stories, but by this point the audience was so... In love with Michael Myers from the first two films, that they rejected they were this one, and the yeah. studios are like, "No, we can't do that anymore." So,
3: okay. So, now, question.
1: Okay, yes. go ahead.
3: Are all of the Jamie Lee Curtis Halloweens chronologically paced? No. No, because she's in like
0: <laughs> there are multiple two or Jamie three. Lee, right? There are multiple Jamie Lee Curtis timelines. Okay, we'll get into that.
3: Okay, cool. That's right, what I really so, need to know because I was also, it gave also, Marty bad information.
0: Anthony calling it a, a studio is pretty generous. It's literally Mustafa Akkad or Malik Akkad, depending on whether or not Mustafa's still alive. Um, I don't think Mustafa
1: been, is alive anymore.
0: But no, Mustafa's dead. Mustafa's been dead for a while. But uh, it was Mustafa Akkad saying, We need to have Michael Myers back because I'd lost my shirt on <laughs> Halloween three. And it's been Malik Akkad just like, Wait. David Gordon Green, you mean the, and, and the Pineapple Express guy uh, want to do a, okay, how much money is it? Okay, great, Jason Blum. Go for it. Knock yourself out. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but yes. Okay, so you've got the original Halloween and yes. the original Halloween 2. From there, you have two different options. You can go to Halloween 4, where you get Jamie Lloyd, Daniel Harris, and that goes to Halloween 4, 5, and 6. That's one timeline. Okay. the H two O timeline is Halloween one, Halloween two, Halloween H two O, and then Halloween Resurrection. Question. Shoot.
3: Halloween H two O, does that mean mm-hmm. water? Like
1: well, the it was the 20th, Halloween H twenty.
0: It's H twenty.
3: Okay, great. Thank
0: but you. I call it H two O because it's funnier to think it's Halloween. That makes water.
1: More sense. Most people do call it.
0: <laughs>
3: i know they do i've heard people refer to it that way and i've uh, always been confused
0: okay halloween h2o is pumpkin spice water it's delicious (laughs) (laughs) then you have the rob zombie movies the rob zombie movies are also not related but there's rob zombies halloween one rob zombies halloween two
3: but she's not in those
0: she is not
1: i mean the first halloween rob zombies halloween one is a complete remake and reimagining of the original halloween Not so the characters is it's a,
0: about it's about half a remake half, half a remake and half a prequel yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah.
3: they exist in and of themselves
0: however jamie lloyd from halloween four and five is in the rob zombie halloween averse playing a different <laughs> character <laughs> so don't okay. the little girl from halloween four grows up to become daniel harris who is in rob zombies halloween one and rob zombies halloween two
1: as annie as the annie. sexual babysitter from the first the original halloween <laughs>
0: yes okay and then you've got the david gordon cream timeline which cuts out everything except halloween one so you've got halloween one and then the three david gordon green um what's his name i'm just going to call him kenny powers and the kenny powers movies <laughs> which he's is got Hall- real, he's got a real name danny mcbride that's it danny mcbride <laughs> And also, if you haven't seen the foot fist way, it's really funny. Okay.
3: On my list. So,
1: so yeah, this timeline is Halloween one, Halloween twenty eighteen, Halloween kills, and Halloween ends. Okay,
3: okay, okay. That's super helpful. The, the because I thought all yourself, the Jamie Lees would stay in a string. And
0: the question you ask yourself to determine which timeline you're in is: Is that his sister or not? If Jamie Lee Curtis is oh. his sister. Then it's part of the Halloween 2 version of the timeline because Halloween 2 is the oh. movie that said, Oh, you know, Laurie Strode, she's actually Judith Myers because, uh, oh, <laughs> because, John, because John Carpenter and Deborah Hill had absolutely no idea what to do for Halloween 2, <sighs> and, and they were like, I don't know, make it the sister, there's the baby, make it the baby.
3: Oh, no, okay, wow, so, I didn't know that happened.
0: Yeah, and John Carpenter
1: regrets that to this day. He said scarier when it's random. When he targeted her randomly rather than it being her sister, which I agree with, which is why I like this timeline.
0: Agree. I agree with that. I believe Ron I mean like,
1: likes the that timeline, don't you? The, you like the sister timeline. better.
0: I I actually prefer the Jamie Lloyd timeline because I think Halloween 4 is excellent.
1: Halloween 4 is one of the best ones in the franchises. I agree. Oh. Halloween
0: 4 is probably my second favorite one of the franchise you just so have he, to get
1: past a mask julia because his mask looks utterly ridiculous in that movie
0: the mask changes every movie don't worry about it
3: okay it does i thought it looked different I, which i that, figured that, stuff would change between 78 and 2018 So knowing uh, it changes everyone every single one
0: the fun thing about the mask from the first movie is it's is it spent the next two years in a shoebox under deborah hill's bed
3: that.
2: And I don't know if you remember
0: the sev- the 70s and the early 80s, but uh, everyone chain smoked all the time. So that mask basically got a tobacco bath for two years. Oh gosh! Yeah. So that's why it looks different in Halloween Two than it does in Halloween One. And then
1: and then okay. they lost the rights to William Shatner's face or whatever, so they had to completely
0: remold the mask for four. And good. they were going to have to remold the mask for four anyway because it was falling. It had fallen apart.
1: Right, but they couldn't make it look similar to the first two because
0: of rights issues or something. Yeah, Shatner realized, "Hey, that's my face. I should probably get paid."
1: (laughs) (laughs) In fairness, Julia, the mask in this one, this mask in this timeline is as close as you get to the original mask. The first two, I liked this one. Yeah, Yeah, I I like this
3: this mask. mask. It was scary, and it looked like it had lived through multiple kill scenes i mean
0: also throughout the first movie when uh whenever nick castle would take the mask off he would literally just shove it in his pocket so <laughs> oh it gosh. got beat up yeah nobody realized they were making a classic movie at the time no. they just thought it's a cheap horror movie and nobody treated it accordingly and that's probably why it's great
3: yeah exactly
0: so there's your timeline
1: question julia and there is a reference to the sister timeline a throwaway reference in here a, lot, a nice little is uh, it where he doesn't kill the baby no it's where he
3: okay thank god we'll, he didn't we'll, kill the baby we'll I get know, to that's I, jumping ahead but like i couldn't have we'll get like that
1: yeah and we'll get to it but it's like when jamie lee curtis's granddaughter is walking down the street with her friends and they're talking about all the rumors from that night and they're like hey isn't your grandmother his sister and she was like no, nah, it's just a rumor people started years ago
3: ah i gotcha
0: Yep. Right, And they also reference the um, uh, Dr. Sartain also makes a veiled reference to the Druid Curse from Six when he talks yeah. about uh, in the car with um Will Patton when he's talking about maybe that it's just some compulsion that makes him kill.
3: <laughs> the Druid the, Curse,
0: the cult you really of need arm. to watch these movies, the cult really, of do, get, really do because uh, they get really they get increasingly insane. <laughs>
3: It's really unfortunate. Can I just be real for half a second here that we don't all live in proximity because this would be like one of the most fun nights ever to get it like works. all of us in the same room in person, watching these with some beers and like a bunch of nachos because we
1: need to make that happen. I think next Halloween, pick a weekend. I, just, I really go out need, to Oklahoma. I
3: mean, y'all would literally be my, um, what is the movie version of pop-up? what was it pop-up music pop-up video, oh, video. vh yeah the vh1 did like y'all would just be like in my ear like did you know let's pause it for a second
1: and then with the really we'll bad ones down. we'd all turn into like statler and waldorf just heckling which me.
3: would just be like literally the best
0: <laughs> i think it the would best. be more like the uh mystery science theater Three Thousand <laughs> robots for the really bad ones because we wouldn't have to pause the movie we could just keep cracking just keep jokes. going <laughs> <laughs> i fully
3: support this idea
0: i think we need to plan that next
1: halloween run go out to oklahoma
3: Oklahoma's cheap, man. Super cheap.
1: And uh, actually, Ron, I meant to bring up before we even get into this totally off topic. Last Friday, I was watching uh, Joe Bob Briggs' Halloween show on Mm Shudder. They did Elvira, the Elvira movie, Haunted Hills. Cassandra Peterson was guest starring, whatever. But I thought of you because I remember you saying, oh, you watch tons of Joe Bob Briggs late at night with uh, Maeve when you were up in the middle of the night with
0: her when i was up in the middle of the night or holly was taking a nap in the middle of the day or or just whenever uh yeah i would sit down because she was born right around the time uh joe bob started to make his comeback when they brought him back for shutter and i was like that's cool this is one of the the most important things in my life and also i have a baby (laughs) so i was able to combine the two things (laughs) That's Magic. a joke, Maeve. If you ever listen to this, that's a, yeah,
3: <laughs> that's a joke, baby. I'm glad you qualified it.
1: <laughs> I, I love the idea that in like 30 years from now, when we're retired, and Tom, Julia, and my kids take over the show, that people like you and Jerry and everyone have kids of their own, so you will all be replaced as well, and it will be all <laughs> of our children just <laughs> taking our place, recording about Christmas. Oh, you so
2: much. <laughs>
0: yeah that'll 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 be a lot of fun I'm I'm looking forward to that myself she's gonna be a, she's gonna have a, she's a she's already a character she's already weird so she's gonna have a lot of fun opi- opinions about things I'm, I'm really looking forward to it so glad when people have weird kids because she like, already, we don't
3: need normal kids anymore we're no, good we need
0: weirdos she, she already has a lot of strong opinions about stuff so it, it'll be fun so good for a girl I
1: love it so David Gordon Green, director of this film, and he's done dramas such as George Washington, All the Real Girls, Snow Angels, Undertow. He's done comedies like The Pineapple Express, Your Highness, The Sitter, Um, and he uh, collaborates a lot with Danny McBride. Obviously, he's done Eastbound and Down, Vice Principals. He's done The Righteous Gemstones, Red Oaks. And next year, now that he's done with Conquering the Halloween franchise, he is doing The Exorcist. He's making a direct sequel to the original, ignoring the all the sequels in between. And he's getting what's-her-name back for that, too? Um, Ellen Bernstein.
3: Linda Blair? Oh, no. Is she alive still? Yeah.
1: She Linda is still Blair's alive. alive. Um, this movie was written by... Danny McBride again you will know him from a bunch of comedies uh you know Vice Principals Eastbound and Down Pineapple Express my favorite Danny McBride movie this is the end where he plays himself in a post apocalyptic future Tropic, <laughs> uh, Tropic Thunder he's great in Tropic Thunder Tropic yeah. Thunder hmm. He did a voice in Mitchell's in the Machines, the Angry Birds movie, Sausage Party, which is coming back as a TV show now on Amazon with the original cast. Right. Um, yeah. So <laughs> Danny McBride, something that I don't even need to ask, something tells me this is not Julia's actor. <laughs> I mean,
3: I've seen, it sounds like from what you've listed, two things he's been in. and mitchell's versus machines is one of my favorite things ever so he's got some points in his corner but yeah not not my not my brand typically had no idea he wrote this by the way
1: it goes back to what i say comedian comedic actors and actresses are actually like some of the more talented and smarter people in hollywood oh yeah i think you have to be quick much quicker and more intelligent as a comedian than as somebody who just does drama, that's just my opinion.
0: And I and I feel like there's a nice overlap between comedy and horror because what's comedy? What, how do you get to the punchline? You got to get to the setup. So you set up, build, 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 boom, blow off. Horror movies, setup, tension, mm-hmm. tension, 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 knife to the throat. And plus, horror movies Absolutely. as well. You always want that.
1: You know, the comedy in them. Like you don't Mm -hmm. want straight comedies, but the comedy to like release that energy too when all the tension's building up. So
3: So you can continue to build, exactly.
1: Yep. So this movie brings back Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode. Um, 40 years later, uh, the character is suffering some major PTSD. She has been absolutely affected by that attack. Um, She's an alcoholic living on her own. Uh, and jimmy lee curtis plays her perfectly
0: let's not kid ourselves this version of laurie strode is heavily inspired by linda hamilton from terminator 2 uh oh, yeah
3: i mean ripley for that matter when i was Ripley's, watching her yeah, i'm like i'm like this is this is my jam when it comes to a female lead
1: and, and i, I much prefer this greatly i much prefer the way <laughs> they deal with her trauma in this one than the alcoholic she became in h2o Although Although she's,
0: she's still an alcoholic here but you know yeah
1: but there she was like the headmistress of a boarding school and,
0: yeah, and sleeping joshua with the guidance jackson, counselor
1: yeah joshua, joshua jackson was her son, son.
0: yeah
3: oh, I love <laughs> joshua jackson
0: um he's, uh, not, he's not great in that movie but that's not his fault he's i mean
3: <laughs> he's
0: pretty um well, he's a good 23 year old high school student
3: He really does. He spent, I think he spent most of his life playing a 23 year old. Right. Um, so I'm going to talk about Jamie Lee Curtis for just a minute. Um, first thing I thought of when I saw her on screen in this is thank goodness for a woman that's aging appropriate to her age, like her face looks aged and she looks dang good. And Mm -hmm. I'm so happy when I see women on screen that are like that, because that's like real. (laughs) Uh-huh. so not only is she a bad a ripley like killer but she's like she's got a real face on Thank it's you, real God.
1: and she still looks better than courtney cox and the people who do too much botox and
0: trying to stay
3: yeah and, it, and i mean she it magnifies a pretty good the fact that all
0: too let's, let's she, not she really does because she and she, she she did some weapons training to uh, to get prepared that's why she's so good when she's like racking the shotgun and handling the rifle and all that stuff. She's, she put some work into it, which is always nice to see because sometimes there's this tendency for these legacy actors to come back for a sequel to just to cash a check or whatever. Mm -hmm. But uh, I feel like, I hope that's not
1: Ellen Bernstein next year in the exorcist. Although I kind of feel like it might be.
0: Well, with, with Ellen Bernstein, the problem with her is she really wrecked her back on the exorcist. So I'm not on the original one, yeah, yeah. You say sure The Wire,
1: sure. right? The Wire screwed up when she was jerked back. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And also, it's William Friedkin who's insane and doesn't really care if any one of his actors lives or dies. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's terrible. I mean, he's not as negligent as, say, a, um oh, what's his name? Uh, John Landis, but you know.
3: <laughs> Is he negligent?
0: Have you ever seen Twilight Zone, the movie? I you have.
3: Were... Yes.
0: All right. So, you know that scene where the helicopter crashes in the Vietnam bit? With uh, Vic Morrow and the two Vietnamese kids? Yeah. Well, they all died. <gasps> Are real. you serious? Yeah, the helicopter actually crashed and cut Vic Morrow's head off and, like, cut one of the kids in half. And it was, it's a real horror show. And How did
3: they continue to put that movie out?
0: Because he's insane. Because, he, <laughs> because he's because, a psychopath? Because the studio thought they could get away with it. But <gasps> then it, it went I to, it, it literally went to, like, court and like the morrow estate well here's the thing vic morrow had this recurring nightmare that he was going to get killed in a helicopter accident he did not want <gasps> to do that helicopter scene and then he dies in a helicopter accident yeah these are moments i, I wish we were a video
1: podcast because julia's reaction starting the story
3: <laughs> i did not know any of that
0: yeah that so and cool. um yeah well john Landis was really into cocaine at this time so um <laughs> They cut a lot of corners. The kids were hired illegally. They were working illegally too late. Um, so <laughs> there was no like teacher on set. He'd literally just dragged these kids like off of the street. Yeah,
1: I I would like to point out that uh, the only time cocaine comes up on our show is when Jay or Ron is on because Jay brought up cocaine is a hell of a drug when we covered Scream 2. I <laughs> <laughs> just brought up cocaine as well, cocaine usage as well. I mean,
3: cocaine does go both ways because some of my favorite Stephen King is when he was doing
1: oh, lots yeah. of That's lots of sure. heaps of it. Um, and you can't it say that like uh, a bad experience. You can't say that Lewis Carroll and Frank L. Baum weren't doing stuff either when they created Oz and Wonderland and stuff, so.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. 100%. Well, that was back when cocaine was legal and, like, doctors gave it to you because your teeth hurt.
1: Right. Yeah. Those awesome. were the days. Yeah, you feel better.
0: Yeah, it's like um, the, uh, the, the stupid meme that goes around where the guy's like, yeah, it must have been great to be a doctor in the 1800s wandering around drunk as hell telling people yeah you've got ghosts (laughs) in your blood you should probably do cocaine about it (laughs) so james jude courtney uh
1: dons a mask and plays michael myers slash the shape who has been locked up for 40 years um part of it Yes, Nick Castle returns for one scene, the original shape when he is in the window and Laurie shoots him at him, and it hits the mirror instead of him. Well, That's he's also video. in.
0: He's also in the the mental institution too. That's the back yeah. of his head. Right. Yes. Yep. And
1: I will say he is my since Nick Castle apart from the castle, he's my favorite portrayal of the shape since Nick Castle. He does the walk and the stocking great.
0: The head tilt. Uh,
1: the head tilt. Mm. Yep. <clears throat> This movie also has a fantastic support, supporting cast, specifically Judy Greer playing Karen. Nelson, Laurie's estranged daughter. Love mm-hmm. Judy Greer. I feel like we've talked about her in something on this show before, but I can't remember what.
3: Uh, all I can think is Ant-Man, and I know we haven't covered that. Uh,
1: I know she was in Arrested <laughs> Development, but I don't know if she's in any of the episodes we covered, but she's definitely come up on the show. We're all fans of her.
3: Yep, love yep. her. <laughs> love her so much 13 going on 30 she's awful in it and i love her so much
1: <laughs> um and another actor i love everything he's in will Patton plays deputy <sighs> frank hawkins uh you know the sh- he's the sheriff's deputy in this and he uh he was the one who arrested michael after his original killing spree in
3: 1978 okay so was he in The 1978 Halloween, or are they just saying he was the guy? Okay, he wasn't. Because I went back and I looked and I'm like, how did I miss Will Patton? Because I love Will Patton.
1: He was not. Although, all good things. When we cover Halloween Kills next year, they do a. They cover the aftermath of the 70s movie. They recreate, like, from the filter to the mask. They have this whole opening sequence in the 70s. And it looks like it could have been shot back then with the original cast, and they have his character in it, so nice. not played by him, but you know,
0: his it character. looks really good, and they get a pretty decent Will Patton lookalike. Mm-hmm.
1: They also did an amazing job uh, recreating Doctor Loomis, considering with prosthetics, considering that actor's been blonde. get John
0: your- away from there. <laughs> I shot him six times, Sheriff. <laughs> <him. laughs> That's a really good impression. <laughs> it's a lot uh, better than my George C. Scott from uh Poltergeist 3. Uh, another great franchise. I love that franchise. Okay, so one I will the, say while we're talking briefly hung... about Will Patton, uh Julia, have you seen Falling Skies? Did you watch Falling Skies? I did. I did uh, well, obviously. I wrote show about show
3: or movie show okay no uh, i haven't but it's on my list it's alien-esque right
0: yes five five or six seasons of it uh noah wiley is oh, the the main man. guy um let's see will patton's in it as like a military advisor type guy um and he, he's he's a lot of fun in the show he's he's a good uh, counterbalance to noah wiley and um there's this uh, Canadian actor, Colin Cunningham, who's great in stuff, but he's really good on that show is this dude Pope who's kind of like a loose cannon slash anti hero type dude who's like a, he's one of those guys who's like a thorn in the side of Noah Wiley, but he's also like way too useful to get rid of.
3: <laughs> These are my favorite characters. I, I
0: yeah. love him in everything he's in. I love him in Armageddon.
1: I love him in, he was in the newest Purge movie, which I love that franchise. Remember the Titans, I loved him in. And I feel like it's only a matter of time before somebody casts this dude as he gets older as like John McCain
0: in a biopic because he just gives me John McCain vibes for some reason. He really does. Yeah, he's has he gives strong McCain vibes. And I feel like that's a great choice for that movie. He
3: Thank does you. some audiobook reading as well and quite quite good wonderful voice for out he's
0: book. one of those yeah he's one of those dudes with a really cool voice and yeah he makes this role a lot more interesting than it has any right to be <laughs> because basically Cold. he's riding around with fake loomis all night mm-hmm. oh my uh, speaking of fake loomis uh, haluk billinger plays dr sartain
1: michael's current psychiatrist and a former student of dr loomis We'll talk about him when we get into the plot.
0: He He's given a very thankless role. To have to replace Donald Pleasance or Malcolm McDowell is asking a lot of any <laughs> Swedish man or whatever. If, whatever yeah, He is best known for from. being
1: in that soap opera EastEnders. Um, okay. He uh, Yeah, you're right. He had, he had hard shoes to follow, um, especially because Julia, despite all the different timelines, Dr. Loomis was in... Uh,
0: all of them uh, yeah he even died during the making of six and they have a nice uh, little in memory of but they keep bringing him back well no 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 no. the actor died
1: in the making during the making (laughs) of six
0: yeah you can tell
1: he is dying in that movie too like
0: he is just on death's door he's not looking great he's not looking too great but he is great as the president in um, escape from new york he is Oh, I love that. Mo- I love those movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy Machachak
1: plays Allison, Karen's daughter and Laurie's granddaughter. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been in Orange is the New Black, 666 Park Avenue. Um, we have Toby Huss, who plays Ray Nelson, Karen's husband and Allison's father and Laurie's son-in-law. Nickelodeon fans will know him from The
0: Adventures of Pete and Pete. He also did voice He's work the on the Hill. Strongest man in the world sorry the strongest man Artie, the strongest man in the world (laughs) (laughs) i had to do the pose too um yeah and he's also the voice of uh he's he's um he's con he's con he's con and he's like bill and he's uh mr strickland on king of the hill yeah. Really. Uh, Virginia Gardner plays
1: Vicky, Allison's best friend. Dylan Arnold plays Cameron Elam, Allison's boyfriend, and it's the son of Lonnie, who was mentioned as bullying Tommy Wallace back in the day in Hot ha- in Halloween.
2: Oh.
1: Uh, Miles Robin plays Dave, Vicky's boyfriend. Uh, drew scheid plays oscar cameron's best friend who has a fantastic kill scene with michael mm-hmm. Uh gotta mention jabril the tom as julian the little boy vicky is babysitting because he was so hilarious cute. i loved that great kid. child actor uh or omar dorsey plays sheriff baker and uh <laughs> gotta mention rian Rees. And Jefferson Hall as Dana and Aaron, the true crime podcasters who somehow have a few thousand dollars to throw out Lori for their uh, interview.
0: What podcaster
3: has three grand to toss down on an interview? (laughs)
0: Um, Possibly true crime podcasters. Well, that's that's probably true. Podcast things that makes money. (laughs) That's probably um, true. Hey, join the, uh, the podcast Patreon, guys. Um, (laughs) they need money to to do interviews with jamie lee
1: curtis (laughs) (laughs) We need money to pay guests like Ron and jerry when they come on our show um and pj souls who played linda in the original halloween has an off-screen voice cameo in this as allison's teacher
0: pj souls uh most famously to me not even from halloween but as the star of the great rock and roll high school saw well if you ever wanted to see the ramones like hang out with a bunch of people from um, the new york theater scene and or andy warhol's factory uh, this is a great movie in which to do that <sighs> i will add it to my list um so let's
1: get into this movie so this movie opens up with a kind of a cold open before we even get the credits and we get our two we meet two true crime podcasters dana and aaron who are covering Babysitter Murders of 1978, Michael Myers' killing spree in Haddonfield, Illinois. And uh, they essentially go to Smiths Grove Sanitarium, where Michael has been held since he was captured that night. Um, there they meet Dr. Sartain, his psychiatrist, who says Michael hasn't spoken a word in all these years. And he lets him get close, outside, where he's outside, chained in the courtyard with all the other... Uh patients at the hospital and somehow this true crime podcaster managed to get his hands on the actual mask from the killing spree and he decides to whip it out to show Michael and it has a weird effect on all the patients like he whips it out and the guard dogs go crazy the other patients start freaking out and Michael kind of turns his head a little bit but doesn't say a word and it's a eerie opening i like the opening it set the tone for the movie and you know we kind of got found out what happened afterwards michael was caught dr loomis was urging the state to put him down (laughs) let me see him die and then let me burn. watch as his body burns um you know
0: typical halloween stuff now i feel like dr sartain do you think dr sartain's name is a reference to galliard sartain who i'm Tulsa? yep and it was in the Ernest movies and on hee haw.
3: I don't know how. Other than he always seems a little unhinged with his eye moving. Well, I just no. Arms. I just
0: meant it's the same name. I wouldn't put it past a Danny McBride to work a hee haw reference or an earnest <laughs> reference <to the> <laughs> It's <movie. That's> valid. <laughs> um,
1: we we must mention the score. I didn't mention the score when we talked about this. It was done by John Carpenter. He did the mm. score, and John Carpenter. They didn't want anything to do with these movies, but David Gordon Green convinced him like these movies are going to be made anyway by the studio. The studio is going to make these movies anyway. So you can either be involved and have influence or not. Uh-huh. And he decided to and get paid. And he's very honest and cynical about getting paid nowadays. He said, it's like, I forgot what he
0: said at a recent con, but he said like every Halloween, the checks oh. just come pouring in. No, what he said was, you know, it's amazing. Every few years, Uh, When I'm sitting when I'm at home sitting on the couch, a check appears (laughs) in my mailbox, and I don't have to do anything. (laughs) And that check, of course, is when they want to remake one of his movies, or when they do a Halloween sequel or something. But Mm -hmm. also, if you haven't heard any of his uh, albums, they're amazing. Yeah, he's a great musician, top notch,
1: and he's so funny. Talk about the original Halloween because we all revere it now. It's a classic. It's one of the best horror movies of all time, if not the best. And it's so funny listening to people interview him now like trying to be like what were you thinking when you told uh Nick Castle to walk this way as Michael and John he's just like I told him to walk from point A to point B just walk <laughs> across the street like he's
0: just he just doesn't have any insight to offer with that movie <laughs> he is very much the sort of director who just kind of gets out of the actor's way and I think that's why you get some really good performances in his movies he's hmm. a very he for someone who's like a hateful curmudgeon and like just notoriously prickly and, and hard to deal with um, from an interview standpoint, he's really cool with his actors. Like there's a pretty famous um, anecdote from the original Halloween where after the first day of shooting, he called Jamie Lee Curtis. And back in the day after the first day of shooting, that was when you fired your actor. Cause like it didn't work out. <laughs> but he called her and said, what you're doing is great. I love it. Keep doing what you're doing. You're going to be a star. And like, Oh, and he said, you know, some people, you know, some people need tough love. Some people need love, love. So, uh, Jamie was That's one true. of the people who needed love, love. So I called her up and told her she was great. And she was, and I was like, John Carpenter, are you going soft in your old age? Or are you just being <laughs> completely honest about your, uh, you're about your desire to manipulate manipulate your performers.
2: <laughs> People I need did love.
0: <laughs> That's I
1: funny. did want to bring up the music though, because we got to this fantastic fantastic opening credits. Um, they did it old school style same font same colors of the 70s mm-hmm. um except this time it's like the rotten pumpkin slowly inflating again like as if to say halloween's back we know this franchise is running to the ground but we are <laughs> here we are ignoring all the crap and starting <laughs> it anew and uh i loved it i love that theme
0: just you know invokes the i don't know and it's not the original Halloween theme. It's a slightly updated theme. <laughs> so it's a, it's a little different, but it's, it's fantastic different in a good way. It's yeah, it's top notch stuff. It's a it's a must on your Halloween playlist, I think.
1: So once the credits are over, the podcasters are driving to Laurie Strode's house, which is essentially in the middle of the woods. It's a fortress. It's, it's not a house. It's a compound. <laughs> it's yeah, it's gates security cameras a shooting range in the backyard with a bunch of headless mannequins she's been shooting and laurie lives here isolated and alone and we find out when they interview her her life has gone off the rails since 1978 uh you know she had a daughter who was eventually taken away from her by the state because of her mental and alcohol issues and um you know she has not gotten over that random attack on her that one night um and i thought she lord i thought jamie lee curtis the way she played this trauma and this woman who can't get over this incident in her life i thought she did a great job
0: yeah she definitely brought some energy to the role and i think she put in more effort than you know was even necessary for her especially at this point in her career because like you know jamie lee curtis is going to show up and the, the whole point is you want to get Jamie Lee Curtis in a Halloween movie because she's like one of the few names that's still uh, still kicking from the first movie and still like, you know, worth getting. But yeah, uh, she really brought it to this role. And I don't know if... I have to say that the fact that they got rid of the sister thing might be what brought both Carpenter and Jamie Lee Curtis back on board because it gave them a new wrinkle. Mm-hmm. Agreed.
1: And again, I like that they did that because I like that it's random. This is a poor random girl who's in the wrong place at the wrong time and her life was ruined because of it. I think that adds an extra layer to the story. Um, And these podcasters, they try to use pseudoscience on her. Like, we think uh, Michael hasn't spoken in 40 years, but we think he'll talk to you if you confront him. And uh, she's like, get out of my house, essentially. She has no interest in it. We meet Laurie's family, um, and they seem, Karen and her husband seem like good parents to their daughter, Allison, um, but Allison is kind of impatient with them because they don't invite grandmother, as she calls her, which is a bit weird, to any family events, like she's being inducted into the Honor Society, they have a strained relationship with grandma, and uh, she wants to
0: be close to grandma.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's just, um, you know, the thing your parents don't want you to do is the thing that you want to do most. Mm -hmm. So the parents have want to have no relationship with Lori. So, of course, uh, Allison's going to be like, I want to talk to grandma. I'm sure there's like some sort of like, (laughs) I'm sure this doesn't come out of the blue. I'm sure there's some sort of foundational relationship between her and the grandma. I feel like there's been a few failed reconciliations at this point. Uh, Hmm. I doubt she spent the night at grandma's house, but, you know, you never know. (laughs) um
1: michael meanwhile on october 30th michael because of course this guy committed a murder spree on halloween all those years ago so let's transfer him right on right before halloween um they're transferring him to a
0: what state prison yeah he's leaving the um the facility and moving to an actual uh prison but of course,
1: we don't see the accident, but Michael or possibly Sartain helps crash
0: the bus so Michael escapes and I think we know exactly who caused the crash. I don't think it was Michael. It was Sartain. I always assumed it was Sartain cuz how's Michael going to get like how's Michael going to rip through you know a layer of steel to get to the bus driver and cause a crash when Sartain's sitting right there next to him? Because remember Sartain later in the movie goes through this whole thing of like, I've never seen Michael in the wild. I thought maybe it would awaken him. <laughs> and, and so I feel like Sartain <laughs> let him out to see what was going to happen because that's good science. Mm. <laughs>
1: um, but of course, Michael escapes and steals the truck of a poor father and son who he murders and heads off to Haddonfield um which and,
0: I, I gotta say give this movie props for killing a child
1: yeah yeah right away yeah they don't mess around a child who wanted to do ballet by the way a young boy wanted to do ballet Dance. dance he just says dance, dance. Dance. Okay. But still, that's it's a not what you hear a typical boy want to do. So
0: props to huh. the movie for having a character like that. I mean, um, where are the where are the girls in dance class or hunting in the woods with their dad? <laughs> Touche. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on ho- well on the night
1: of the transfer, Lori gets drunk, crashes her granddaughter's uh honor society dinner, and you know she gets drunk she's she knows he's being transferred that night she actually shows up to watch the bus leave she wants to shoot him um but she doesn't she's in a spiral down yep so of course on halloween morning michael sees our two podcasters visiting his sister's grave his sister judith's grave and he follows them to a gas station now this scene it's pretty tension-filled for me when female podcaster goes into this dirty, grimy, disgusting-looking gas station bathroom. And Michael goes in. You don't know it's Michael, but you do know it's Michael. You hear footsteps and then knocking on the stall door. And she says it's occupied. Mm. And then more like jiggling of the knob. And then he reaches over and drops a bunch of t- human teeth into the stall because he killed the gas station attendant and stole the jumpsuit, right? The mechanics Mm -hmm. jumpsuit. And she starts freaking out. And then her boyfriend, the other podcaster rushes in and starts fighting Michael. And this is where female podcaster has a choice to make. She can either die at the hands of Michael Myers or die from whatever disease is all over that bathroom. (sighs) She gets on her hands and knees and starts crawling
0: under the stalls to try to escape hmm it's like that was some dignity lady come on <laughs> i know you're a podcaster and thus you don't have dignity but maybe fake it
1: <laughs> also while her boyfriend was taking on michael there for a minute she could have easily opened the door and just ran out herself but these people have no logic no well she was paralyzed with fear and also probably tetanus from the
0: bathroom floor
1: <laughs> i mean i know gas station bathrooms are disgusting i know that but they did a number on this bathroom and uh, we get the fantastic, iconic shot of Michael going out to their car after killing them, picking up the mask and slowly putting it on his face again. And the mask looks fantastic; it's
0: weathered from seventy, from forty years, and it looks great.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Do you feel like the bathroom kill is a reference to Rob Zombie's Halloween <laughs> with uh, a "I'm Joe Grizzly"? With yeah, with uh, <laughs> Ken, with the uh, great uh, character actor Ken Faree. He you might know from Dawn of the Dead, who like Michael Myers, is a gigantic dude, one of the tallest people I've ever like been around in my life. How tall is he? <laughs> He's like six five. Oh, oh wow. That's tall. Uh, George Romero is six six. George Romero is actually taller than him. Wow. That's crazy. The only people I've been around that have been taller have been like actual basketball players. So real live basketball players. Yeah, not like CGI ones.
1: <laughs> right. Not those. <laughs> So that that morning as well, Allison goes to school with her friends. We meet her friends and her boyfriend and everyone. And they're talking about how her family hates Halloween because of what happened to Laurie back in the day. And we get that reference to, oh, wasn't Laurie his sister? And she's like, no, that was a rumor that people started which i laughed when that when i saw that the first time in theaters i thought that was clever Mm -hmm. um but they also talk about i thought it was a nice commentary i guess on how messed up our society is nowadays because her friend points out like what's the big deal one guy killed four people with a knife like 40 years ago worse things happen every day which is true like that is not the horrors we deal with today
0: and I mean, honestly, that wasn't that... There was a lot worse stuff that happened in the 70s, too. Like, <laughs> I mean, isn't it about the time um, what's his Manson? name killed all those nurses? No, the guy who killed all those nurses in Florida. The,
1: the Ripper? The Gainesville Ripper?
0: Yeah, Gainesville Ripper.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. So, he made a good point. I was like, huh. Yeah, I mean, I get for Laurie why it's still traumatic. But, yeah, maybe not for the town. But yeah, small, small town America...
0: Yeah, and I guess those kids have been through enough like, you know, active shooter drills and stuff to be pretty nearer to the one guest stabbed a few people. Lori, meanwhile, is at home watching
1: the news and she sees the bus crashed and she knows exactly what this means. And she stocks up with her guns and goes to her daughter's house. And again, I mentioned this earlier, nice touch that her daughter, Karen, has, hates Halloween so much because of how she grew up with her mom that mm-hmm. she wears a Christmas sweater on Halloween. Um, I loved that. <laughs> you know why so I wouldn't you if you didn't like Halloween. If I didn't like okay. Halloween, I would do that because Christmas sure. starts the next day. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, Lori goes to attempt to warn her daughter, but her daughter dismisses her concerns and urges her mother to move on with her life. Of course night falls Allison's at a costume party at school her friend Vicky is babysitting a child and Michael returns to Hannon and we get this amazingly shot first of all they didn't have the budget in the original Halloween to make it look like Halloween outside but in this film it does there are orange lights pumpkins everywhere tons of trick-or-treaters and we get this amazing tracking shot of Michael going to a garage killing somebody with a hammer, walking into the house, picking up a butcher's knife, killing the woman in the house, mm. stopping over a baby when it's crying, then walking out. I, I held guess. my breath when he was over the baby. I did. I did too. Could have gone either way. And then he uh, goes over to the next house, kills the person in the next house. He's, he's back and he is taking revenge on this town that locked him up. Meanwhile, poor Allison gets cheated on at her dance by her her boyfriend makes out with another girl and uh she leaves in a huff and he gets so mad at her he throws her phone into a bowl of punch so it doesn't work
0: because he so- had to because, because she couldn't get those calls she, <laughs> she couldn't get those calls the, from grandma he throws the phone into the punch but the phone keeps ringing I feel like she could have just fished <laughs> it out of the punch going on about our life <laughs>
3: <laughs> what have That's ruined whole plot elements not how it works. <laughs>
2: not how
0: where the works writers are movie. like
3: no <laughs> we can't do that
0: I mean you could have also had Michael just like crash the car into a cell phone tower and knock out all the service for Haddonfield <laughs>
1: Oh. Lori is a r- going around town looking for Michael and uh, she doesn't find him yet because Michael is hiding in a little boy's closet, which we'll find out. Like, this scene, first of all, I love the dynamic between Vicky and Julian, the kid she's babysitting. They have such a fun dynamic. Yep. Um, Her calling him, you know, making fun of him, but then admitting, like, while she's tucking him in, you're actually my favorite kid I babysit. <laughs> and him, like, you Yeah, you're inviting your boyfriend over. You think that my my mother would be okay with that? What kind of babysitter are you? It's 10 p.m. I'm awake watching a scary movie, cutting my nasty (laughs) toenails on the couch.
0: (laughs) 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 It's awesome. Um, Unfortunately. Kid's a a solid update over uh, a solid modern version of Tommy Wallace, I got to say yes he is he might actually be better than Tommy well yeah but I don't see this kid getting played by Paul Rudd in Halloween 6
1: uh, Paul Rudd whatever
0: the next sequel to this thing is not just because he's well uh, I guess Paul Rudd will probably still look young enough to play that Tommy. they will. wanted they wanted oh, him yes. back for Halloween kills but conflict stopped him like scheduling because he was shooting Ant-Man 2 I want to say or Ant-Man 3 yeah, probably. I don't know. Or, probably. Uh, he's probably locked in some sort of Marvel death contract. You know how they are. <laughs> yeah, so Michael is hiding in the closet. He,
1: yeah. <laughs> she, The babysitter comes up because he's like, there's a guy in my closet. And of course, Michael's in there. And he's like, oh, sh-. and he jumps out of bed and like runs down the <laughs> stairs. <laughs> he totally
3: bails it's
1: pretty funny or a smart,
0: smart kid because yeah. in that situation you should do that and i really like on this way he threw. He runs by dave and says if you go up there you're gonna die yeah i know he's
3: not even like take care of your girl no it's like straight up
0: <laughs>
1: yeah and of course michael does kill dave and, and vicky and you know, Hawkins and the police show up, and this is where Laurie shows up too. And Laurie sees Michael out in the wind up in the window, and she shoots. It's just awesome. See, they kind of like look at one another. Michael does a mm-hmm. head tilt as he's looking out at her, as if he might recognize her. And uh she shoots, but of course, it's his reflection. He's standing in the mirror. And uh Hawkins goes in to investigate, and Michael has done his decorating again. There's you know, Dave's covered in the sheet, or Vicky's covered in the sheet. Dave is stabbed into the wall, and uh, Hawkins can't kill Michael in time. He can't shoot Michael. Michael gets escapes, and uh, you get the feeling Laurie and Hawkins have some history when they run into one another again. And uh, Sartain is also there, saying they can't kill Michael if they find him, and Laurie calls out exactly who this weak doctor is she's like oh you're the new loomis she literally has a line oh you're yeah. the new loomis and uh i thought that was an insult to dr loomis's memory and <laughs> <laughs> donald <laughs> pleasant's memory um but laurie goes to gets the cops to go to karen's house and you know hawkins has them all hole up in laurie's house because it's a compound and mm. He says when they find Allison they'll bring her because Laurie's calling Allison can't get through to her now Allison has left the dance sad along with Oscar her boyfriend's friend. best friend
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, who is drunk and tries to put the moves on her mm-hmm. and they're cutting through some old man's backyard and she gets so offended he tries to put the moves on moves on her <laughs> that she storms off And he just kind of like sits down in the yard crying and you see a silhouette because he has the big old floodlights. So you Uh see the silhouette of a man standing there and he's like, Hey, Mr. So-and-so, sorry for cutting through your yard. It's not a good night, man. And the (laughs) lights go off and they come back on again. And you know, it's Michael, but he doesn't. And he's like, why are you standing there like a creep, man? (laughs) (laughs) First of all, there's an amazing TikTok that went around this year where somebody dubbed that scene over if Seth Rogen was playing Michael Myers. What? And, <laughs> and it was it was it was the same scene, but they dubbed that stupid like gravelly laugh he has. So every time it flashed to Michael, you just hear. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> Fantastic. But uh,
0: awesome.
1: yeah, Michael eventually storms over. And <laughs> impales him on this iron fence. And Allison freaks out because she hears him calling for help and sees what happened. And then what
0: happens? If I remember correctly, that that's is that the time when that's about the time Sartain um, shows his true colors?
1: So, yeah, so Sartain and what's his name? Hawkins show up. Well, Patton. Yeah. And they run down Michael
0: in the car. No, you'll kill him. That's (laughs) kind of the point, man. (laughs) And Sartain gets out and he goes to check on Michael. Hawkins like, get out of the way so I can shoot him in the face. And then Sartain has this weird switchblade scalpel that looks like it came out of a 70s Italian Giallo movie. And he turns around (laughs) and jams it in Will Patton's neck and he mm-hmm. drops like a rock so and, well
1: at this point Allison's locked in the cop car too because Hawkins like put her in the cop car they're gonna take her to Lori's. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. and what does she see from the backseat of the car at this point the most egregious moment in the film Sartain bends down <laughs> takes off Michael's mask and puts it up puts it on himself. Yeah. yeah that was it's- a choice <laughs>
0: It's like the uh, the it's like the Buffalo Bill moment of this movie. Yeah, It is, <laughs> and somehow,
1: somehow, Sartain by himself lugs this giant of a human being into
0: the back of the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not just a giant guy, a giant piece of dead weight because he's yeah. not moving or responding <laughs> in any way. Which I mean, this Doctor Sartain is no spring chicken, so uh-uh. this is like. This is the most unbelievable part of the movie to me, except for you know the very end.
1: <laughs> um, so Sartain starts driving to Laurie's house because he wants to force a confrontation between Michael and Laurie because he has always wanted. He always also believed what the podcasters did that Michael hasn't spoken for years. He thinks if he sees Laurie, the girl who got away, he'll say something. And Allison tries to, like, fool him. Like, oh, he said something to me. Uh, let me out, and I'll tell you. And Sartain, for his to his credit, doesn't fall for this. Uh, except he does park, like, right down the street from Lori's house for some reason <laughs> instead of driving right up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Michael wakes up in the back seat and he'll Sartain, and Allison gets out and runs into the woods to escape. And, yeah. This leads to our third act climax, final showdown.
0: So my question is, why does she just run straight for her grandmother's compound? Why does she take the scenic road? <laughs> I mean, okay.
1: Devil's advocate here. I was just, I've seen what this guy can do. Am I running down the straight road where he has a clear shot at me, like a clear view of me, or am I running into the woods where I can at least maybe try to hide and lose him?
3: What's so the zigzag zigzag method?
0: Yeah, serpentine.
3: Serpentine, there you go.
1: That's way better than zigzag.
0: <laughs> yeah, she's not rolling him a blunt, Julia. Come on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Although I do like when she's running through the woods, she comes upon Grandma's shooting range. She gets freaked out by all those mannequins in the woods because that
0: would scare the crap out of me too. Yeah. I mean, that's like the most terrifying thing in this movie is her room's full of like... <laughs> mannequins Mannequins. it's like it's like worse than that elijah wood remake of maniac where he's got all those um 1940s like mannequins in his uh creepy lair
1: (laughs) (laughs) um so allison gets to grandma's house and grandma puts her and karen in the basement which is hidden under the kitchen like her Kitchen Island opens. It's on remote control, and it's like a hole in the ground. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And down there, it's like a cell down there. There's a bed. It's a bunker. Yeah, Mm -hmm. tons of guns. She puts them down there to wait while she fortifies the house to wait for Michael. Um, Because at this point, Michael's killed the cops on patrol. He's killed Dad, who went outside to bring food to the cops. And we get this scene that's essentially the inverse of halloween 7, 1978 when michael is hunting Lori through the house Lori is trying to find michael in her house mm-hmm. um and every room she goes into it's cool she knows how to use a gun she knows how to clear the corners and then she locks down the room there are switches and great gates fall down in front of each room yeah. it's pretty cool
0: yeah it's mm-hmm. like the house from uh, the people under the stairs which is another fantastic i love that movie yeah me too um but yeah, can uh, we can't jump over that uh, the cop scene because uh, the because uh, the dad goes out to see if the cops found um, Allison, mm-hmm. and when he goes out, one of the guys' face is stuck on a flashlight, turning his head into a pumpkin. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> cool. Like, which is like you're almost to killer clowns from outer space territory, but not quite. But uh, I still I still approve of that. I approach of it too. It's nice to see Michael still has that sense of humor that made him so popular in the 70s. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and before Michael entered the house and Laurie started her hunt, they got into a little scuffle at the door where she blew off two of his fingers when he broke through to strangle her. Yes. Which is a great moment. It That's is a great, great. moment. Um, so Laurie goes up to the last room that she hasn't checked, which is a room full of mannequins. And she goes over to the accordion closet, like the one she hid in as a kid from Michael. She whips it open. Michael's not there, but he comes out of another dark corner of the room. They get into a scuffle, and again, the inverse of 1978, he throws her over the balcony. And when he goes to look for her, she has disappeared just like he did. And I remember seeing this opening night in theaters. The hardcore Halloween fans loved this moment when <laughs> he looks over and she's gone and that Halloween, the same musical cue kicks in, like yeah, she has in her effort to hunt down the boogeyman, she has become the boogeyman herself.
0: Yeah. That is one of the that is one of the most one of the biggest pops in a movie theater. Like that I've heard it, especially for a horror movie, that was just that was bananas. Yeah, people were losing it on that, and I really love the way that clearly David Gordon Green is a huge fan of Halloween the original, because he takes all the all the iconography from the first movie and changes it to play with audience expectations. So you've got the reversal moments where like Michael's in the closet and. And Laurie's trying to kill him, or Laurie goes over the thing and lands, and then disappears. Mm-hmm. Then you've got shots like you see the, the the stuff billowing in the on the in the backyard uh, for the first babysitter kill. You see like the sheets hanging there, and, but Michael's not behind them. Mm-hmm. Michael comes from a completely different part of the screen. So they set up all the things that you remember so fondly from the '70s version. It's like nope, we're going to distract you. It's like a it's like a little David Copperfield act. Like we're going to make you look here, and then there's Michael boom
1: it's really yeah great. It, it is it's brilliant filmmaking he did he made some brilliant choices in this movie which uh when we cover halloween ends in a few years we could talk about how he went from this to that but uh <laughs> i even like when she disappears Michael's mask is emotionless but the whatever he does with his head in this moment like he mimics the Loomis like look without like actually seeing his eyes like it, it was great um he goes downstairs to now kill Karen and Allison and this is one of my favorite moments in the film because Allison is crying she's like mom I can't do it I can't do it I can't do it And Michael appears at the top of the basement, and all of a sudden she drops the act and she's like, Gotcha. And she shoots him because Gloria had been training her her whole childhood. It was great. I love that. It was a great moment. moment.
3: Yeah. Big fan of
1: that. He goes tumbling down the stairs. Um, This is right after the moment that's not created as well because they didn't use actual lighting and they just kind of cgi'd it where laurie's face appears in the darkness it's just like happy halloween michael like in the original when michael's face comes out of the darkness that was actual lighting they used it's cool and like this you could tell they didn't do it
0: that way but Mm -hmm. i appreciate the callback i'm a little disappointed that you didn't say Say goodbye to these, Michael, before she shot him in the face. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Arrested development reference, truly. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, that's her big line for she's George's, uh, she's George Sr.'s secretary that he's having an affair with, and she gets these uh, horribly big misshapen boots. breast implants where they're like not even pointing in the right, the same direction. Oh, no. And, <laughs> and she's
1: like, say goodbye to these, Michael. And flashes him yeah um that's funny allison and heron escape the basement not before michael tries to pull him back down he does a classic sit up like he has excellent core strength he just sits up without moving his arms or anything tries to grab them and pull them back down but allison stabs his hand laurie locks the basement like the grill comes over it and Hits a switch, the basement floods with gas, and the house goes ablaze. Yep. And the girls run out of the burning house, uh, flag down a truck, they're bleeding, they're hurt, but it's going to take them presumably to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, Allison's holding the knife, and there's a close-up on the bloody knife, and you're almost like, oh, I wonder if she has some psycho tendencies in her now.
0: It's and- funny, because they do both the Texas Chainsaw Massacre ending and the Halloween 4 ending. Yeah. So in the Halloween 4 ending, Jamie Lloyds is the one holding the knife and she's also dressed like a clown. Like Michael, Lurke, huh. and he did his first kill. Yeah. But of Ooh. course, the uh, the pickup truck looks exactly like the one used in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yep.
3: Interesting. I
0: assume yeah, those are it. intentional. 100%. Too.
3: Yeah.
1: And we got the shot of Michael breathing heavily as a fire engulfs him in the end unless you watch till after the credits and you just hear him breathing at the end of the credits so he he survived and of course halloween kills which we'll cover next year picks up the same night what happens Mm. stay tuned but this is a fantastic movie like you said ron he did a lot of the callbacks he did were more than just fan service. Like they weren't like like some movies are egregious with the way they do callbacks and references. Like he worked them organically into the film, and I even like little details we didn't cover. Like there was a dollhouse in Laurie's house that was the original Myers house, which clearly she built from yeah. built for her daughter. Um, yeah, I just I I love this. I think it is a great. It is my favorite sequel of all the Halloween movies. And I think it's a great companion piece to watch with the first one, like back to back.
0: Yeah, it's my favorite of the uh, David Gordon Green-verse movies so far. I will say that. Um, <laughs> it's not necessarily my favorite sequel because I'm in the bag for four. But uh, I really liked it. This is this a blast. And I really enjoyed uh, getting a chance to talk about it with you guys. Because you pointed out some stuff. You guys pointed out some stuff that I hadn't noticed before. So that's cool. Hmm. Very nice. I like when we could do that with one of
1: the experts, like Jay or Ron or Mike or someone like that.
3: Yeah, no joke. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, Now, Julia, would you watch this one again?
3: I would. I would watch this one again.
1: Uh, Did it have a Linus or a Winifred moment?
0: No. Well, I don't know. Um, it depends on whether or not you think uh, Judy Greer was on board with her mom's craziness the whole time and was just playing the act. It's valid. Once when, when she gets to the house, I feel like uh, at the end, I feel like she, she kind of lapses into childhood. All the old lessons of her mom start coming back in, a, in an important way.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's that moment where like as a teenager, you don't appreciate your parents, and as an adult, you realize mom was right the whole time. And like, yeah, I'll listen to you, mom. I'll go hide in the basement. I'll go leave <laughs> in the basement.
0: <laughs> I feel like I feel like on a the, whole nother level. <laughs> I feel like this is like a rope adult plan that they worked out twenty years before. That <laughs> that she's just comes back to her like you know muscle memory. Hmm. I mean, well, it,
1: it might be my favorite moment in the film: the fake out with crying, and then she's like, "Gotcha." So good. so good it was cool to get see judy greer get a bad moment like that because she doesn't get them a line movie she's usually the best friend or like yeah
3: yeah
0: so on a scale of one to ten what would you rank this
3: seven
0: yeah i would go seven or uh, seven or probably eight i i really had fun with it i gave the original a 10 i think
1: because the original is a perfect movie in my book uh Mm -hmm. so i'd probably give this an eight which gives a 7.67 which is very respectable yeah i I can't argue with that and that puts it at number something on our halloween list it ties it with number six at with halloween town coming in right under halloween at number five
3: okay so, I liked I
0: this better than Halloween Town. Me too. <laughs> I've never seen Halloween Town. I feel like I should watch it.
1: I think you. I think Maeve would probably like it a lot, mm-hmm. and which would probably make you like it, like watching it with her for the first time.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll I'll check that out. She's she's gotten really into spooky season, which is a lot of fun because last year last year she wasn't too into Halloween stuff. Well, uh, but the year before that, she loved it. So it's like the hot and cold
1: running Halloween. I meant okay. to ask you guys at the beginning, but now's as good a time as any. What are your kids being? for? It's Halloween today, y'all. It's Monday, October 31st. Mm-hmm. What are your kids dressing as tonight? Are you guys dressing up? Like, What are your plans?
0: I don't dress up, generally, because I have to do a lot of chauffeuring.
1: But you um, could be hobo Michael Myers from Halloween 2.
0: Rob Zombie's <laughs> Halloween 2. That would be great if I, if I still had a boiler suit. I, I could probably <laughs> find one. Like, but, um. Maeve is going to be a pirate because um, I don't know, like two or three weeks before Halloween, she grabbed one of my hats and put it on her head and said, "I'm a pirate ship, yar yar."
3: I'm a pirate ship.
0: <laughs> Did like a pirate hand, and and she's been walking Love around it. doing that occasionally. So that that's been it. But she's also been running around laughing like a witch. So maybe next year she'll get to be a witch. There you go. Very nice. How about
1: you julia
3: um let's see jude is a minecraft character i don't know the one with the blue shirt and the okay. green face zombie he's a minecraft zombie that's awesome. what he is gabe is going to be what he was last year which is the inflatable alien carrying the kid which is always a winner right mm-hmm. <laughs> just because um my 16 year old will not dress up and hannah is a mushroom Oh, what about you um i'm going to be little red riding hood and marty is going to be the big
1: bad wolf sarah is going to be the little Red riding riding hood and larry is going to be the big bad wolf who ate granny she's going to be in a granny outfit <laughs> That's very
3: awesome. nice
2: uh
1: i was going to be the hunter but i do not look good in flannel or plaid so i ordered a charlie brown shirt so i'm just going to put on shorts shave my head and be charlie brown I have, oh, uh, Charlie i have snoopy and woodstock here to carry around with me that is wonderful so, yeah i would love to know what our listeners are doing tonight for halloween and by the next week's episode tomorrow <laughs> when we record next week's episode uh it's november already who i want to know when people are decorating like we're officially in christmas season y'all so uh where can our listeners let us know what they thought of this movie, what they did for Halloween, when they're decorating, and all that good stuff?
3: Well, they can go to Linktree uh, slash Tis the Podcast to find all of our social medias. Um, that is, I mean, our own website, but you can also find our Facebook group there, Twitter, Reddit, all the things. Um, you can also find our Patreon site. They link to our Patreon site there as well. If you're interested in maybe more non Christmas content or unedited christmas content that rambles and rambles for hours i.e our christmas episode where we covered um the office and just did quotes for a solid three hours plus a ton of anthony content in there with friends you yeah if you want
1: ron- more halloween content um i had quite a bit this month i could uh, with ron hogan here and jay of filmster podcast and matt our friend matt santa matt we covered the halloween franchise ranked and reviewed all the michael myers films so the whole franchise except for season of the witch um with one of my good buddies ken uh who runs clearly just dope book club on instagram um we covered the Scream*. we did the same thing with the scream franchise we ranked and reviewed all those films and all the killers in those films um, and then with Santa Matt and his podcast co-host Justin, we did the same thing with a Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th and then there are two bonus hocus pocus two episodes on Patreon as well uh, because I had a lot to say about that movie. I wanted to talk with as many people as possible about that movie. So I did an episode with an old co-worker of mine, Lauren and then I did an episode with a bunch of uh Twitter friends who have shows of their own um so, and April was on that one too so Good friend April Riley's check all those out. And at some point before Christmas, Patreon will have bonus Thanksgiving episodes. I already have one in the bag with Jerry and Chuck, uh, in which we covered uh a Seinfeld episode that took place the night before Thanksgiving. That was fun. It's coming up fast, so we're gonna get one on the schedule. Me, Tom, and Julie are gonna cover something for Thanksgiving. <laughs> and there'll be Christmas content too. So keep an eye on Patreon, and at some point. Patrons will be have first offer of our new TISSA podcast mugs. Mm. So awesome. Yeah. So Ron, if people want to find more of you, listen to you. Where can they follow you? Where can they read your stuff? Where can they listen to you? Plug everything.
0: Okay. Um, you can find me on regularly on the Filmstrip Podcast, uh, Linktree slash Filmstrip Podcast it has all links to all our crap. Uh film trip um that. filmstrippodcast.com Uh filmstrip. I think it's Filmstrip Pod on Twitter. Uh, yeah, Filmstrip Pod on Twitter, which is sometimes Jay, but mostly me just talking about crap and making <laughs> stupid jokes to amuse myself. And uh, you can also read more of my stupid jokes on uh denogeek.com. I'm covering The Walking Dead. I cover um some american horror story uh i do all kinds of crap over there so <laughs> check it out
1: um yeah definitely check out his writing and like me and julia both said in the past regarding film strip like years worth of content on there that has the backlog has really helped me get through a lot of slow days at work and commute and
0: stuff ish episodes and counting we've got a we've got a banger of an episode coming out um Pretty soon on Saturday
1: the,
0: the 14th. Uh no, I had to reschedule that one because I was sick as a dog. But uh hopefully we'll get to that. But um no, we're doing a great action slash horror movie called The Night Comes for Us. Ooh, which, if you have not seen it, it's on Netflix and it is it is like it is like the raid if you soak the raid in blood. It's amazing. <laughs> I love it um
1: speaking of horror movies i don't know if you've seen it Ron, but i'm calling it out because it's on hbo max now and it's also on voodoo and julia you should see it uh barbarian just hit streaming i have it on voodoo go in as blind as possible it starts out as one movie and ends a completely different movie but i some of the most fun i've had in theaters this
0: year and i highly recommend it did you see it Ron? i have not seen it yet but uh i saw you tweet about it and i was like okay that's that seems pretty interesting i'm i'm, I'm interested to check it out so uh after we get off here i'm gonna go gouge my eyes out
1: <laughs> <laughs> so report back both of you once you've seen it okay. um coming up on the show spooky month is over and we are officially in the throes of busy season it's christmas Yes, Thanksgiving's in there, but it's officially Christmas season. We're going to be decorated <laughs> within a week or two. Um for sure. And we have great stuff coming up. So next week, we are revisiting The Muppets again with The Muppets, mm-hmm. Letters to Santa. The week after that, we are covering the new Lindsay Lohan Netflix movie, Falling for Christmas. The week after that, we are covering The, the Real Housewives of the North Pole, which is a Peacock original movie, not Hulu. The week after that, Jay Skipworth of Filmster Podcast and April Riley are both coming on to discuss A Christmas Story Christmas. So I am very happy I will have some fans of the original on with me when discussing the sequel. And then the week after that, we have Jerry D and Chuck coming on to discuss the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. And so our November is pretty stacked with exciting stuff, exciting guests. It's going to be fun, y'all.
0: I nice. really. Fun. I can't. I can't wait for all that. That's that's a blast, and I've, I, I kind of, I'm still cutting my fingers crossed that maybe uh, Chuck and Company will invite me on their podcast uh, just another Friday night to talk about The Walking Dead before the season's over. Fingers crossed.
1: Have you mentioned it then? They'll have you on. It's oh, usually yeah. it's usually a live stream and then they release it as a podcast.
0: Yeah, that's the problem. I'm never around for the live stream, so I need to actually be like home and or awake. <laughs> It's fun, though. Those guys are
1: awesome. Chuck's, <laughs> Chuck is such a nice guy. But yeah, lots of exciting stuff coming up, including the fact.
3: I think it's 55 days until Christmas.
1: Which is less than two months. Less than two months. So now's the time time can start slowing down a little bit. Because we have to do shopping and wrapping and menu planning and decorating and watching all our favorite specials. And Yep, it's busy time, y'all. I do have a few Christmas plans. So me and Sarah are seeing a Charlie Brown Christmas live, like the second week of November. Oh, man. In December, me and Sarah are going to see they in chris's christmas concert live oh
2: very i know
1: nice. i noticed last week when i listened to the episode you guys were like did you have a christmas album and i just want to say i'm offended you don't remember that i mentioned this christmas album in the past and that i had bought it <laughs> but, uh, there's
3: so many christmas albums we did get a kick out of the cover of that one though
1: yeah the cover is awesome yeah but uh, apparently he's going on tour with that album because I guess he couldn't Ooh. with COVID. So uh, but we're going to see that in December. So that'll be fun. That is fun. Um, and we're going to a Christmas drag show like the day before Thanksgiving, the night before Thanksgiving, which will be fun. Ooh. So lots of Christmassy content. And then I think CJ, at least maybe a few listeners, there were a few listeners planning to come into New York sometime one, week, one weekend, in December, to see the tree and everything like that. So mm-hmm. looking forward to meeting whoever ends up coming still, if anyone, nice. um, lots of So I feel like it's going to go by fast because there are plans and yeah.
3: it Always but, does.
1: But get excited. We have 55 days, less than two months. And uh, you know, we will of course have Ron back sooner always. rather than
0: later. Ron, it has been a pleasure, my friend. Oh, it's always great to be here on Tis the Podcast. I always have a really good time. I don't good. know why I laughed at that, but
3: <laughs> it wasn't even uh, sarcastic.
0: I know, right? <laughs> well, that I noticed anyway. Maybe it was. He's you know, <laughs> no, 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 no. are pretty famous for their
3: uh... failed sarcasm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Listeners, check out Filmstrip and Ron's page at Den of Geek. Do your homework for us. Watch The Muppets, Letters to Santa. That's one of the better Muppets Christmas movies. And uh, we'll talk to you next week with all three elves back. So that'll be exciting. So bye, Bye y'all. (laughs) Bye-bye.